Welcome to this episode of the award-winning Best of the Left podcast. This is a sample of our recent bonus episode, usually only available to members. These episodes are comprised of our crew of researchers, Amanda and myself, all getting together for a roundtable discussion on topics that we find interesting. So here's a few minutes for free so you can know what all the fuss is about. What I have felt for a while now, and this is, I'd say, over the last 10 years, is that the internet is not for me. Like, I don't feel ownership of it. I don't feel like it's a place I can participate. And I have absolutely significantly reduced my input into it. I still consume it, but I don't put stuff out there like I used to. And it's really just a lack of interest. Like, I'm not really interested anymore in being part of this. (laughs) This crap culture does not appeal to me. And I don't, like, need to be a voice in it. Like, I used to, in the earlier days of feeling this way, I've still felt like, well, I want to you know, stand with other people who are saying good things about civil rights and justice and whatever I need to add to that chorus. And I'll be honest with you, I I just don't feel like it's worth it anymore, which is unfortunate. And I just think there are other ways I should channel that energy. Now that's, that's just me, but I wonder how many other people feel that way too. They're just like, I don't want to do it on the internet. (laughs) Maybe I'll try and do it in other ways, but I don't want to do it on the internet because this place is garbage and it is garbage. And when I say it's not for me, I also mean it's not for women. Like I absolutely resonated with a lot of what this article focused on in terms of the male dominance of the internet. Like uh, when Jay and I first met like 10 years ago, I remember I had an idea for a YouTube channel and we like toyed around with it. And I like, you know, maybe like I think we filmed one thing. And then I started having like a panic attack about the idea of putting myself on the internet and what kind of horrific people would come to tear me down. (laughs) And I was like, a woman on the internet, like I knew then that like, that is not, that is not what I want to be. Like, I'm amazed at those who do put things out there and just have to like, go through the mental gymnastics of trying to tell themselves these are just trolls, these are just garbage people, you know, (laughs) and and get over it. So I just I don't feel like it's a place that I enjoy hanging out in. And I'm less and less engaged as the years go on. How many others are like me? I don't know. Like I we've been hanging out recently with a fair number of people who are not on social media at all. And that's kind of refreshing. (laughs) Because I haven't been around this many people who aren't really on it in a long time. And I, I think, you know, I haven't heard the deep details of why but I would imagine there's some similar stuff there. I had a funny idea about the internet when I was younger. I like to debate. So I was like, oh, the internet. Awesome. Like a place of people of different ideas who can discuss that. And then it's like, (laughs) how many times can you get told to like take a dick out of your mouth or go suck on a dick before? So much dick (laughs) talk. Oh my God. Not to be vulgar, but that is like a hundred percent my experience that anytime you articulate yourself and push back, it's literally the most stereotypical response that you can think of from a man. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I would echo your sentiment. I don't think the internet is a place for me. I consume it, but I do not actively participate in content creation, at least. One of my favorite exchanges was, 
I had a, what I thought was extremely civil conversation with someone that I I did know in real life (laughs) about paying minimum wage workers more. And it quickly devolved into him telling me that I have daddy issues and need a hug from my father, who he assumed was absent in my life. I mean, like it, like, I could not believe how quickly we went there. (laughs) I mean, that's the kind of shit that happens all the time. (laughs) So it's not fun. (laughs) Every time you want to put yourself out there, like Aaron said, like, you're just gonna get a (laughs) just gonna get a dick comment back. I mean, it's like, great. I'm so glad I expended the energy. <laughs> so, and, and I guess it, it's hard to know. Maybe we'll never know if the internet reflects the people who built it or if it reflects kind of largely what humanity is. And I, I think probably the answer is both. But I just wanted to read this. This is my favorite introductory paragraph of an article, like, maybe of all time. I don't know. This is um, the nerds are bullies now talking about Zuckerberg and and Musk talking about uh, having a fight with each other. And the introductory paragraph is Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, two computer geeks worth more than $300 billion put together are posturing to fight each other in a mixed martial arts cage match. The dumb backstory Facebook, which was Zuckerberg's follow-up to a girl rating website started in his Harvard <laughs> dorm room, I love that one. <laughs> has been building a competitor to Twitter, a website for yelling at people online that Musk, who once made his tunnel digging company manufacture flamethrower-like devices, <laughs> bought for $44 billion in a fit of peak last year. Then a senior meta executive implied that Musk's leadership of Twitter was, well, not sane and musk was like emoji the like laughing sweating emoji <laughs> and then some tweep warned that zuck does jujitsu now and musk went i'm up for a cage match and then zuck agreed or at least posted that he did on the internet <laughs> and that's number one how the internet works and number two the people running the internet so the answer to my own question about whether or not the horrors on the internet reflect either the people who helped build it or is a reflection of society. I definitely think it's both, but if better people were building the internet, they would put up guardrails to like force people to be better on the internet. And that's what we absolutely don't have because the people who built the internet, I'm not the first one to say this, the people who built the internet are not generally the targets of horrific abuse. And so they don't think to themselves, maybe we should build a system that limits horrific abuse. I mean, this article could have also been called revenge of the nerds. Like this is the actual revenge of the nerds. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, it, it goes into a fair amount of detail about, um, actually, I can't remember which one, either the ugly honesty of Elon Musk's Twitter rebrand or the one I just read the intro from the nerds are bullies now. Like, that is exactly what it goes into is, is how, um, you know, nerddom used to be the underdogs and the fantasy was that they would use technology to take over the world. And then they did. And like, good for them 
for overcoming the bullies, but like now they're the bullies and we're living in their terrible culture, which is like not that much better than regular bully culture. Well, as much as I think I feel like this is not a place for me, they feel like they own it. Like they have real deep ownership of it and you are in their space. And that is absolutely the framing and it's getting worse. And I, you know, I kind of feel like there are little corners where women and marginalized communities can be that are better, but by and large on the whole, yeah, we're living in their, in their internet (laughs) and it's miserable. (laughs) I thought we might be able to stage a a debate. I don't know who wants to take which side, but I, I thought the sides would be the Musk Zuckerberg fight is either probably the dumbest thing to ever happen (laughs) if it does happen and the counter argument is that it's definitely the dumbest thing to ever happen (laughs) does does anyone want to argue either of those sides (laughs) it's i mean it's the most 2023 thing that's happened so far yeah yeah i said earlier but i think i was talking over Jay, unfortunately, this Gilded Age is not classy. Like it is, it's really like gross. And I mean, it was gross then, but in a different way. Like now it's just like, objectively, a dumpster fire. And in one of those articles I read recently, maybe it was might have been BuzzFeed actually about the cage match, it compared it to Celebrity Deathmatch, the claymation show on comedy central years ago and i was like right this is real life celebrity death match this is amazing like this is really some sort of peak something i don't actually know what it is it's peak something that's for sure i can't it's like it's such a mishmash of so many different things it's hard to it's hard to give it an exact name all right hear me out (laughs) (laughs) we just need to get a little publicity behind this but maybe we just throw it out there that they should do this in space i don't know mm. no, with absolutely <laughs> well i like that <laughs> it's not interesting enough like we definitely need to take it up a notch just they all need to fight to see who's the best one they all need to yeah. do it in space they all should go to the bottom of the ocean they all should yeah. like there's so many things we should have billionaires be competing to do <laughs> for our entertainment I was we'll just convinced. let the aliens know. Yeah, right. Yeah, let them know. They're coming <laughs> up there. If you want to take them, they're free grabs. It's, you know, it's, it's a free grab. I have been hoping that it would get even grosser and then the society would really start to freak out and fight back because I thought Musk and Zuckerberg were going to hire proxies to do the fight for them. I never in a million years thought they would do it themselves. I thought they would absolutely hire proxy fighters like Game of Thrones like, have champions? Yeah, 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 totally. I was like, that's what's going to happen. This is not going to be them. They're not going to do it. That's ridiculous. Like, absolutely. But so far, that has not been the case. We'll see. Still time. <laughs> but then no one would care at all. Because it's yeah, it's already a consequence-free fight. It's like only if they had sure. champions fighting for them and then, like, whoever lost, you know, like, lost their company or was beheaded or something, then it would matter. <laughs> Or their eyes punched And in. again, <laughs> I'm on board for that one. That one sounds great. <laughs> beheading, losing the company. I, I'd settle for losing the company if that was mm. the mm-hmm. consequence. But a beheading, I don't know. 
I mean, we've tried everything else. Might as well <laughs> go back to basics. <laughs> which I guess brings us to our next discussion, which is about how to avoid the horror show that is, I mean, basically it's the internet, but not necessarily exclusively. I actually was served a video, which honestly doesn't happen that much. I use one of those blockers so that YouTube like doesn't have a suggestion panel on it. So like I only see a video if it, uh, you know, if I, if I go to it intentionally most of the time, I guess, but this was one of those weird instances where maybe I wasn't using my normal device and was served one of these dopamine detox videos. And then like within a day, Time Magazine wrote, the dopamine detox is having a moment. And I thought, oh yeah, I guess it is because I usually only hear about things when it's really having a moment. <laughs> and so the, you know, the, the basic breakdown is that phones overstimulate our dopamine reward pathways we know this this is how the supercomputers and you know rooms full of geniuses work for billion dollar companies to hack our reward pathways to make us use their apps as much as possible and so the dopamine detox is a bit of a response to that and it's like you are being driven to do things that don't actually make you feel very satisfied. You're not actually happy when you get to the end of a YouTube rabbit hole that you never intended to go down in the first place. And so the the dopamine detox trend or whatever it turns out to be long term is is just encouraging people to pull back in a thoughtful way, try to reduce the amount of time we spend doing things that we don't actually like. You know, it's not, it's not that everything that gives you dopamine is bad because like hanging out with your friends and having a conversation can give you dopamine, but the argument is to sort of reduce the hollow, usually, but not always internet-based sources of dopamine injections and replace them with something more fulfilling. And that seems reasonable. I, th I think there's a lot of good things to be said about it. Uh, of course, we are going to rain on that parade a little bit by the end, but <laughs> any, any, before we do that, any thoughts in general on, uh, on dopamine fasting? I'm ready to tear it down a little bit, but, <laughs> but I, I want to say, I like the intention. I like the intention. I think that the, the goal here is really important. I'm glad that there is a conversation happening about this and about these, how these behaviors are not helping us and are not making anything better. I mean, that, that I'm grateful for how it's happening. I have some critiques around. So I had a thought where we'd talk about this is, you know, how do we regulate the internet? How do we do like a lot of what we've lost in this society, like is the, rigid following of religious rules that a lot of them are garbage for sure. But some of them do make sense. Like Ramadan, the fasting, like take a break, get it out of your system. You know, let's, let's replenish fast. Uh, just refraining from overindulgence like this America specifically, like it is easy to overindulge in 
everything. That's it for today's free sample. There's lots more of that particular episode, as well as there being dozens of past bonus episodes that you get access to in your feed the minute you sign up as a new member. Pain members are who make this entire show possible, and so these bonus episodes are a fun way to say thanks to them for their support. In addition to those full bonus episodes, members also get bonus clips in every single regular episode, as well as there being no ads in the regular show. If you would like to be our newest member, you can sign up at bestoftheleft.com slash support. You can use our Patreon page, or you can do it from right inside the Apple Podcast app, and links to get there are right in our show notes. And if you can't afford membership, I offer free financial hardship memberships. Just drop me an email to j at bestoftheleft.com, and we will get you set up, no questions asked. Or, again, to sign up and support the show and our ability to give away free financial hardship memberships, visit us at bestofleft.com support. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.